All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome back to the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm Debbie Brown, and on today's episode, we are exploring mental health, but specifically mental health resources. I have a wonderful guest joining us today, someone that has been making a lot of moves, especially for accessibility and the democratization of mental health. That is a word that has been thrown out a lot lately, democratizing wellness, democratizing mental health. But what that really means is making sure that people have high level access to get their needs met, regardless of who you are, your socioeconomic background, or your your cultural background. So today's show, I have a special guest, Ryan Mundy, who is a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
Pennsylvania and is the founder and CEO of Alchemy, which is a mental health platform that offers skills-based video therapy sessions and mindfulness practices that are designed for the culture. Previously, Ryan played eight seasons in the National Football League with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. In 2009, Ryan was a member of the Super Bowl 43 championship Pittsburgh Steelers. Ryan serves on the Alzheimer's Association National Board of Directors. He is the NFLPA Players Investment Advisory Committee Athlete Advisory Board Member, an advisory council member for the Illinois Growth and Innovation Fund, a founding member of the Lift City Works Advisory Council in Chicago, and founding board member of Chicago Blend. Ryan graduated from the University of Michigan with a degree in liberal arts. Additionally, Ryan holds a master's in sports management from West Virginia University and an MBA from the University of Miami. Ryan currently resides in Chicago with his wife and his two daughters. Welcome to the show, Ryan Mundy. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. So, Ryan, we had a chance to connect during the pandemic. I feel like I connected with so many amazing souls. I don't know if you felt that way too during the pandemic. It was just like like-minded people were really magnetized to each other, it felt like. Yeah. And we have, I think, countless mutual friends. It's <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, I realized that I just need to get out the way and let life happen uh, because yeah. you know, just the, the naturalness and, and how like, people are connected. The world is very small. Uh, and I always have, I have a saying like good people always find a way to connect. Uh, and that's never been an issue for me. Uh, like finding the right people at the right time. It's, it's kind of like a knack of mine. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of get out the way and let things happen as they should and realize that I am where I am for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when we first connected, we had like such an expansive conversation on Zoom. Then I had a chance to connect with you in person at the Mental Wealth Expo from Charlemagne the God in New York. And, you know, the thing that was really so this is what I believe first. I believe this is the era of the divine masculine. I believe it's also the era of the divine feminine. But I think that for men, there is this like emotional renaissance happening mm. that has never happened before this like for for masses of men right we're not a monolith but there there's this permission this freedom i feel like that's been really powerfully emerging for men this idea of really being able to care for self to invest in mental health to be something other than to see oneself as something other than a provider um, and would you agree with that? 1000%. I would agree with that. I am a living, <laughs> breathing uh, testimony to that, you know, particularly from my background uh, and experience where I'm coming from like this hyper masculine environment of, of sport, uh, specifically football. I played football for 24 years. Right. And that's a, wow. that's a long time to do anything. But particularly in that environment, you know, you start to uh, develop some habits, some characteristics, a belief system uh, around like, you know, how you should be showing up in spaces. And then on top of that, like people have an expectation of how you should show up in those spaces too, right? And as you continue to climb the ladder uh, and, and achieve like higher levels of success, 
you know, it starts to uh, like these stereotypes and stigmas and perceptions uh, start to inflate you a little bit. Um, right. And so you're buying into what it means to be uh, a football player. Uh, and more specifically in our context, you're buying in what it means to be a man. And quite frankly, yeah. personally, like I just got tired of it. I'm like, look, you know, like, yes, I've, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate to achieve some levels of success in sport, playing in the NFL, so on and so forth. But my life is not perfect, right? And I don't want to have to act. I don't want to have to walk around like carrying this baggage and saying that, like, you know, I am I'm smiling on the outside, but literally on the inside, like I'm hurting on a daily basis just because I feel like I have to quote man up uh, or project something out that's not reflective of how I'm actually feeling inside. Wow. Okay, let's sit there for a second because there is so much, so much important material there. You know, when you speak to playing football one for 24 years, like what I've noticed about the athlete experience is, you know, it feels like for some, for some, not all, but quite a lot, when you are connected or when you were seen as having this talent, this really, this talent that needs to be nurtured, this talent that could also provide like freedom to the community, freedom to your family, also just something powerful and, and exciting to believe in. It feels like everyone in a family structure and a community rallies behind building that proverbial muscle, right? Like rallies behind and really can powerfully show up, like making sure you have your gear, making sure you can be a part of whatever, you know, um, competitions are available. Also like the endurance, like practice, making sure those needs are met. But it does feel like for many men that are athletes, there is almost this space where every other facet is not necessarily given as much investment or intention, specifically the emotional life, specifically um, as it relates to a sense of identity outside of this very physical sport. How do you relate to that? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, um, 1000%. And you know, the, uh, the analogy is around like building muscle, right? So, uh, yeah. as an athlete, you're, you're, you're taught to build up that physical body. Uh, and by building up that physical body, you know, your, your legs, your arms, so on and so forth, there is uh, a side of you that is mentally developed too, right? Like, let's not kid ourselves and say that, you know, to play football, like, you know, you have to have a certain disposition about yourself, uh, mentally mm-hmm. kind of have to be in a, uh, in a space where you can exercise discipline, grit, focus, commitment to subject yourselves physically uh, to, you know, uncomfortable situations over an extended period of time. So there is like a development of it and, you know, you learn to deal with adversity and, and failure so on and so forth. But also, uh, you know, there there can be like the hyperextension of that, like those muscles can, I guess, be overdeveloped. And in other areas of your life, they're underdeveloped, right? Around like asking yeah. for help, being emotionally vulnerable, uh, you wow. know, being comfortable with showing signs of like weakness and vulnerability. Like those were areas of my life where I didn't know how to do or how to function. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it didn't really hit me until I was 31 years old. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, well, geez, Ryan, who are you when you're not playing football? You're not running into mm-hmm. somebody. You're not tackling somebody like what does life look like for you? Who are you when you're not doing that? Because 
um, it, it can be all consuming, right? And, and your schedule's laid out for you. Uh, start to finish, you know exactly what you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so it's like this very regimented thing where like you kind of, uh, you know, you get developed and you get on a program and, and that program is very short lived, right? Um, but the reality is, that during that time, like you're overdeveloping certain areas of your life and not providing mm. enough attention to other areas of life, of your life, specifically emotionally. Um, and, and so like, that's where, you know, we see, and I firmly believe around like a lot of the cautionary tales that we see around like athletes specifically in transition around like bankruptcy, uh, around like yeah. divorce and other, you know, like grim statistics, that's, that's a mental health thing. Uh, that's a mental well-being of really figuring out how to fill that hole and how to fill that void in your life. Wow. I mean, there was so much said there that we... <laughs> there's so many paths. said all across the board. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to that piece, because I think especially for men listening, I think whether whether you are on an athletic path or not, there for many men in adulthood coming into like... Um, some of the different, I guess, pillars of manhood as they begin to to show themselves can find that they are in front of the mirror in very much the same way, asking that question. Like, it's really the, the society building around, I think, all males, this idea that your worth is found in providing, your worth is found in, quote unquote, masculinity or in perceived strength. And then at a certain point, when you're actually living your life, you start to really carefully look at what is me and what is like forced beliefs placed on me. What is the real me and what is the conditioning that I have? And so I think a lot of people may be having that experience where they look in the mirror and say, okay, but who am I really outside of what I do for others, outside of how I may show up in the world? Like as a man, what do I feel and how do I want to feel it? How do you begin to unpack that journey when you've had that, that reckoning with self? Yeah, for me, um, my journey started, you know, probably at, at, at the bottom, where it's like, you know, um, this whole concept of like reinventing myself. And I, I was literally like thrust and forced into that journey. Um, so speaking about my experience, like I could no longer play football. So I had to figure something out. Right. And that was like a very scary place for me to like be forced and thrust into an uncomfortable situation of like taking that journey inward for the, really like the first time, probably in a long time and maybe ever in my life, because again, like football was just such a big, big part of that. And again, you talk about like the conditioning of such like, you know, we can get conditioned uh, around like things that are short term, right? Like fame is fleeting. A career is fleeting. It's not really who you are. You really have to take that inward journey to figure out who the real self is. And albeit I thought I was doing that, you know, by just kind of like fancying myself as like preparing for a life after, uh, you know, like through educational opportunities and other like endeavors outside of football. It's a lot different when the rubber meets the road and you actually can't rely on that anymore. Right. Putting it into like wow. real practice is extremely difficult. And so like for yeah. the first time in my life at the age of. Uh, oh, was I 31? I had to look myself in the mirror and just honestly get comfortable with being uncomfortable and taking that journey inward and saying like, all right, man, like, I don't know who I am. 
Um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? How am I going to, when we talk about provider, how am I going to provide for my family, right? Like my, the way that I made money, I can no longer do that anymore. So like, what does that even look like? And then the, the uh, depression right. of, of missing something that I had done for 24 years in total, that's a big void to fill. You know, my whole world was built around football. I went to school for free because of football. Like, you know, I earned a living because of football, house, cars, like every, my whole ecosystem was built around that. Not only me, but we talk about like the impact that it has for like communities and family. My family, you know, has been all across the country watching me play and had some amazing experiences, yeah. uh, lifelong memories as well. So like when you kind of put it into context, it's really, really heavy. Uh, and you feel like a lot of pressure to immediately jump into what's next and have that same level of, of success. Right. But the reality is you got to break yourself down. You got to get to that nitty gritty. You got to take that journey inward. You got to look in the mirror. Uh, and you got to be willing to put in the work day in and day out because just, you know, I had to remind myself like, just like it, making it to the NFL was not an overnight success. Uh, this whole new chapter in my life is not like an overnight type proposition. It is about continuous growth and realizing that even when I do figure something out, there's always going to be like a new opportunity for me to grow and develop um, and just keep, like honestly keep progressing and learning more about myself because, uh, you know, they say like learning, you should never stop learning. Right. And that starts with self. Never stop learning about yourself. And so that's what I really try to embrace uh, on this new path moving forward and encourage a lot of men out there to really evaluate like who you are and take that journey inward, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be, uh, you don't have to build Rome in a day, but just take one step at a time. What would like for men listening right now that are really relating to what you're saying um, or for partners of any men that could really benefit from this, what would you say are maybe three ways to begin that road inward as a man? Yeah, I would say, you know, just kind of taking a step back and that asking yourself, like taking taking stock and saying, like, where am I right now? Where am I right now? And, you know, evaluating where you are right now and how do you feel about where you are right now? Like what types of feelings emerge? Are you happy? Are you disappointed? Whatever it is, like really taking inventory and stock of where you are right now and then using that that inventory or assessment to reflect back on how you got to this point. Right. And really understanding like, OK, well, what got me in this situation? What got me into this position? And then also the last part is like having the belief and understanding that our future is in front of us. So we have the ability to shape our future on a daily basis. And our present is based off of our past decisions. And so like we're always in like this continuous cycle of like creating our future in real time. And so by assessing where you are currently and then taking stock of where you've been and how you got to this point, you are now better informed to cast a better future for yourself. And so, you know, that's been my process throughout this whole journey. Um, by, by no means is it perfect, but it is definitely helpful, uh, again, on this whole learning journey that that is life. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. 
So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Dropping gym. So tell me, Ryan, about alchemy. Yeah. How did you go from that moment in the mirror where you were really taking stock of your life, finding the ways to unburden yourself, but also to nourish and grow and expand your mental health and your internal world? You created an entire company that's a digital health platform in service to providing mental health for people. How did that happen? Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite the journey. Uh, let me say that. Uh, so, so after I retired from the NFL uh, after eight seasons in uh, in 2015, I had two paths. Uh, there was a personal path and a professional path. And so, double clicking on the professional path. Um, I immediately, you know, was like aggressively trying to figure out what was next for my life. And I talked a little bit about like those grim statistics around like bankruptcy, divorce, substance abuse, so on and so forth. I was determined not to be that person. And my way of not being that person was through education. And so I took advantage of a lot of educational opportunities, got my MBA while I was an active athlete and was ready to put that into practice and dive into business ASAP. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I, I'm a well-educated brother. Uh, <laughs> I went, I went hey, a lot. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was, that, like that. yeah, that was just my way of kind of like, you know, de-risking the situation because I had seen it time. It was like a cycle and it still is a very vicious cycle. Like, you know, uh, for both male and female athletes, after that transition yeah. out of sport, it is, whew, man, it, it, it's, it's rough. Right. And so yeah. uh, my way of de-risking that situation was to say, hey, like, let me educate myself about the world outside of sports uh, and make sure that I'm prepared. And so I dove into venture capital and startups, uh, was primarily on the investment side for about two years 
and then got off of that train and started one company in the uh, eco-friendly category called Twizzle. Did really well with that, but it was my opportunity to figure out like true entrepreneurship and fit, sit in the founder seat. Uh, long story short, we sold that business uh, about a year ago uh, as I prepared to scale up Alchemy because Howbeit, I love the environment and straws. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into something that I was a little bit more passionate about and kind of fit yeah. me directionally and where I wanted to work on uh, long term. And so that's, you know, that's the professional path for me to alchemy. Now, the personal path is where it really matters. Right. Like during this transition time of transition, as I mentioned, I was dealing with anxiety from trying to figure life out. How am I going to make money, take care of myself, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Depression, the whole night, identity issues. And when I went into the marketplace to, quote, see a therapist, had a very bad experience. Um, you know, I got in front of providers uh, and, and professionals who weren't seeing me as Ryan Mundy, the husband, the black man and the father, which is honestly where I needed the most support, because now those yeah. areas of my life needed elevated. Uh, they were still looking at me and talking to me about Ryan Mundy, the athlete, you know, and how right. much money I can make and, you know, my position and asking me about this. It was like, whoa, like, what the fuck is that right here? Um, and, and I went through about four or five different people before I found that that therapeutic alliance uh, and that cultural competency component kind of meshed together um, yeah. to ultimately helped me on my healing journey. And also- I'm, I'm so glad you said that piece, yeah. if we could stay there for a second, yeah, sure. because sometimes it is really this dance that you do to find the right person. And something I can never stress enough on this show or when I speak is that you know, not everything is created equal. The therapy community, just like every other field of profession, there is excellent, mm -hmm. there is mediocre or okay, and there is bad, you know? Like a lot of people are great at study and they can get a degree in psychology. It doesn't mean that necessarily that is the person for you or that, you know, they may have this certain set of skills necessary to unlock you or take you on this journey. And so it is easy um, to sometimes get a little, a little frustrated or a little bit let down mm -hmm. where if you've created this appointment with a therapist, I remember once I, I had went to see a therapist and she seemed great on paper. I get there and she forgot we had an appointment and then she showed up like 35 minutes late and then wow. talked about herself the entire appointment. Wow. I was like, well, that's not a thing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I say that only to say I'm glad you brought that piece up because we should also be in choice. Like we are choosing too. you know, we're not just at the mercy of the first person we happen to call. Mm -hmm. Listen to your gut. Like it does this feel like it could be a nurturing and supportive relationship. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, no, it, it's really important. And thank you for for pausing there, because that is something that I tell people all the time. Like, you know, uh, all providers are not created equally and there is definitely a spectrum. Yeah. And so for us to even muster up the courage to even start that process to find somebody and then yeah. you get in front of somebody and you have an experience like mine or you have an experience like yours, it can be honestly deflating. Like, oh, man, it doesn't work. It's not yes. for me. So on and so forth. Um, See, this is why I yeah. knew I shouldn't have come. Yeah, you like, know, you know, yeah. like, I knew I shouldn't have tried this. Like, it, it, it creates a very bad experience. Well, I tried. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the whole nine. And thankfully, you know, I, uh, I didn't adopt that attitude, but I, it, it does speak to, like, a greater issue uh, within the healthcare system, you know, just around like uh, availability of like competent professionals, because again, there's, yeah. a, there's a spectrum. And so like, it leads to this uh, 
this adverse selection within the category because all the quote good therapists are fully booked up. They don't have any availability. And then so now you're left with you know the middle of the road or the end of the spectrum, yeah. the lower end of the spectrum to kind of work through some like really complicated and serious issues. So it it it's it's pretty wonky, but that's a greater like healthcare system yeah. thing. But it is also like, you know, one of the strong value props that we have at Alchemy. Um, but yeah, back to the, to, to the journey. And so like, I was like, all right, like, you know, it took me a while to find my provider. And then also during this time, like my family was going through a laundry list of chronic disease and illness, uh, type mm-hmm. two diabetes amputation, cardiovascular disease. Wow. Uh, my grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, blood clots, strokes, heart attack, you name it. I, it, it was all kind of happening at once. And so here was my thought. I was like, you know, I'm going through what I'm going through. Um, And again, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate to have resources and I'm still having issues. Uh, So imagine what's going on on like the south and west side of Detroit, the north side of Pittsburgh, the east side of the, you know, the east side of Detroit. Like what is happening in these communities who really, really need the help in a cultural competency? There's a huge access barrier. And then also, too, with, you know, my family's physical conditions, um, you know, they were going what they were going through as well. And I, I just asked one simple question, like, who's principally focused on the trajectory of black health? Like, I'm going through what I'm going through. My family's going through what they're going through. Again, professionally, I was in the startup ecosystem, seeing ideas come to life and get funded uh, and go out there and change the world. But I didn't see anybody doing this. And I was like, well, this is problematic. Uh, We are the most influential community globally. And we are also uh, one of the most at risk and sickest communities globally. There's a huge imbalance there. And so with that in mind, you know, I started Alchemy with the the mission uh, and goal to become the universal healthcare provider for the black community. And we are rooting that mission in mental health. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work. Um, and that's what I know. Like, there's a ton of people out here doing some amazing work. So uh, we are all in this together. So tell me, how does alchemy work? How would someone connect with alchemy and be able to get their needs met? Yeah. So kind of going back to this whole notion around access, you know, I thought long and hard around like, all right, we're going to start, uh, you know, our company uh, focusing on mental health. But exactly what does that look like? And we talked a little bit around like the the access barriers as it relates to actually getting in front of a professional. Um, finding a professional is really, really difficult. But then on top of that, if you find somebody, it's really expensive to kind of get in-person therapy. You know, on average, it's going to cost over 100 bucks. Uh, that's yeah. inaccessible for a lot of Americans and particularly compounded for our community. Uh, there's geographic constraints. You know, you're you may not have a competent provider in your area. There's time constraints. We all got life going on. So like when we we put all these access barriers into a bucket, it makes it really, really hard for people uh, to get the help that they need. And so with all this in mind, I was like, all right, how do we democratize access? Mm. You know, we create content around it because the reality is this is how the um, the care spectrum currently shows up. It's like, you know, I'm dealing with stigmas personally. And then, you know, I may talk to my friends and then I'm going to Instagram to find some like comfort from, you know, some memes, so on and so forth. But after that, the next step on the road is like, go see a therapist. That's a big ass jump. And and then a lot of times, you know, therapy seems like the starting point and the end point. And it's like, well, how is that possible? 
Um, and so like, I thought around like, all right, how do we kind of create like a more palatable on-ramp uh, to provide our community to take agency over their own health uh, and well-being. And so basically, you know, we create a live stream and on-demand video therapy sessions led by black practitioners and respected experts in wellness uh, talking about, you know, topics that are specific to our community, you know, such as like intergenerational trauma, systemic racism, microaggressions in the workplace, so on and so forth. We're really able to, to like double click and tap on to like uh, mental health through the black experience through our live stream and video therapy sessions. And then we also, which are called labs, by the way, and then we also have like an audio first product, uh, which we call ways, um, which include like guided meditations, sound bath exercises, uh, body scans, uh, the whole nine, uh, but like in an audio format. And so, uh, wow. again, thinking about just like how we consume content, thinking about uh, how the, you know, the, the world is functioning currently, content uh, seemed to be the right starting point for us uh, to democratize access and, uh, and empower our community. And we make this all available uh, on our mobile app, which will be launching uh, the second week of January. So really excited about that. Wow, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. I have had the chance to see some of your content from someone who I love and have had on this show, Dr. Marielle Bouquet. Shout out to Dr. Marielle. Such an amazing woman and such a powerful, powerful, powerful therapist, healer, guide, so many things. Um, and I, I love the way that she really shares healing and shares her wisdom and depth of knowledge. So I've loved seeing um, the stuff that you guys have collaborated on and done together. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's like literally the representation around like democratizing access. Like how would you gain that type of access to like yeah. a professional like Dr. Mario? You can't get on her schedule like for in person, but like how can we you know, yeah. take her knowledge, take her experience and bring healing to the culture? And so that's what we're about. So tell me, as you've been on this journey of mental health, what have you noticed as some of the really tangible new ways of being that you've created for yourself? Like, what have you really seen actively as like a benefit or a nourishment in your life? <clears throat> for me personally, it's just giving myself the freedom to be me. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There, I can, yeah, I can double click on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely double click on that. Um, you know, like, again, kind of being in the world that I was in for a long time, like you feel like you have to kind of fit a certain mold or fit a certain profile, say the right thing, so on and so forth. Um I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to be me. Yeah. Sometimes there's like some conflict from things I want to say or things that I want to do. Um, well, previously, uh, things I want to say and things I want to do and like, you know, what was best for the team or what would X, Y, and Z thing. I don't yeah. think about those things anymore. Right. Uh, that would be the most important uh, development uh, for me. It's just like, man, I'm just tired and I don't want to have to act like I have to uh, be a certain way because people think I should be a certain way. Uh, I'm all about uh, being me every day, all day. Uh, and that has been very freeing and empowering. I love that so much. The way that I relate to that, uh, and that has been one of my favorite, most 
powerful uh, take-ons for myself and my journey too. It's like the way that I relate to that, I always say like, I don't want to perform. I don't want to perform for anyone and I don't want to be anyone else's audience. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to get wrangled into fitting anyone else's belief system or comfort level about how I should be received or how I should behave or how I should think. And then I also don't want to be held hostage to playing a role in someone else's performance. Mm. Just being your most authentic self. How do I feel in this moment? That is my top priority. And I think that kind of, you know, we're, we're explaining it as being able to be our authentic selves and not be in performance. And I think it's also what the root of, you know, the idea of being self-sovereign is the idea of being your own ruler, Mm -hmm. having full ownership and command of yourself. Um, But also wielding that with a grace and with a kindness, but being fully you because you deserve to be. Yeah, that's what I lean into. And I think, you know, I I really uh, resonate with like fullness and kindness, too. Right. Because just because, you know, you start to take agency over yourself and how you're feeling does not mean you need to be an asshole to everybody. Uh, Right. You know, and I think some sometimes boundaries don't mean beef. Yeah. (laughs) We've seen some examples of some over indexing on I'm a be me. All right. Got it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm comfortable in my own skin now. Right. And, and, And I feel good about like who Ryan Mundy is uh, as a man and a human being and how he shows up in the world and, and just kind of living my truth. Right. Like, you know, um, even like in discussions like this, and we talked about it a little bit before we got started, like, you know, a lot of prep work is not necessary for me to do things like this because I just get up there and tell my truth and I'm okay with that. Like I just live and speak on my experience um, and for that, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about, did I say the right thing or so on and so forth? Yeah. Just me. And I've sleep very good at night knowing that. Mm. How have you seen a positive influence or any shiftings in maybe the way that you parent or you relate to your partner? That's a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think from how I parent, you know, it's definitely been an evolution um, I love my parents dearly and with every fiber in my bone. Uh, but what I do know is it's like just parenting in general, like nothing is perfect, right? There are good experiences, there are bad experiences. And so always kind of keeping that in context as well um, has definitely shaped uh, my parenting. But after, you know, I, I went through this, I guess, kind of awakening, if you will, um, you know, just started to be a lot more mindful uh, about what I'm saying to my children, how I'm interacting with my children, the time that I'm spending with my children, particularly because I have two yeah. girls. Uh, you know, so like I'm, I'm raising two black women, essentially, right? And so being very mindful and cognizant of how I show up as a black man in the household is really, really important, right? Because I'm literally setting the example yes. and the context for like what, you know, what uh, black men in the world, like and how they see and view black men. And that's personally very important to me because I think a lot of times black men as a whole, you know, we don't always have we don't always have like the best representation or the best, you know, uh, like stereotypes out there about us. And so like taking that yeah. on uh, with full force. But as it relates to my wife, you know, I think um, in that regard as well, you know, just trying to be more open, trying to communicate better. And again, we talked about it like, look, this is what I'm thinking and this is how I'm feeling. Uh, I have to do a better job of like actually articulating that. Um, but the notion of just like kind of being open about how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking um, has definitely, you know, shown through. And I, I think it's beneficial for us both.
So there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dropping gem. When we think about creating our family structures, when we think about ways that we may want to show up differently in our households, you know, this is new for so many of us. So many of the words that we're even using in this interview are, it's new language for us as a society, but especially within our interpersonal relationships. And so, so much of it does take practice and reinforcement. You know, Ryan, I think for many of us, um, real true awakening has happened on this planet in a way that it hasn't before. And I think that there is this, this emphasis energetically on generational healing and ancestral healing. And I think there's so much energy available to us in this moment to do it and to do it with acceleration and with grace and with ease. And so it's just, it's, it's so beautiful because I feel like we're all practicing with each other things that have never been known to us as humans in this way before, you know, we are empathy. There is this mass movement of empathy happening in this world, this, this movement of communication of language, and especially for black and brown households, this hasn't been allowed like this. Where has there even been the time to add more language to our experiences, time to nurture self to care Time to really lean into as active parents, like, oh, what does our one-on-one relationship look like? Is there opportunity for it to feel even better, Mm -hmm. you know, even more nourishing, even more supportive? So it's like, I just, I want to, I say that for all of us, really. Um, But it's like, we're we're all kind of doing this for the first time in many ways. I mean, the reality is, you know, we're all figuring it out. Like literally, yeah. we are figuring things out in the real time, not only as it relates to just like our mental health and well-being, uh, just life in general. You know, we talk about like yeah. being a parent is 
it's my first time raising a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old. Like, so there are yeah, new developers. Yeah. Like, I'm always learning and growing and figuring Grace it out. Grace Lord, please. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is my first time being in a 10-year marriage. Like, I need to learn. I need yeah. to learn. We're always figuring it out. Um, yeah. and, and so, like, I, I definitely lean into that um, as much as I possibly can. But you said something that struck me and I thought was really interesting, just kind of with this awakening, if you will. Um, and then understanding like how fast things seem to be moving around us, like technology development, so on and so forth. Sometimes, you know, we can uh, get down a path of thinking that like the healing or the work is going to happen overnight. And it is not. Uh, it is a journey. Um, and we didn't get to this point overnight and we're not going to turn. You know, we could face a new we could face a new direction, but we still have to take the appropriate steps to get to a, a different destination. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I just always remind folks that it is not an overnight type thing. Um, we could change our direction anytime that we want, but in order to get to a new place and that destination, we have to continue to put one foot in front of the next on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and that's the, thank you for saying that because that really is the thing about the journey. Like one, it never ends. Like mm -hmm. as long as you're alive, you will be on a journey. There will be an evolution of sorts available to us in each moment. But I think especially when we, and especially as we as people of color, when we think of healing for ourselves, something we really, it could really behoove us to keep at the front of our mind is the fact that biologically, neurologically, we are rebuilding new neurological pathways mm -hmm. in our brains mm -hmm. as we are healing. And so that's why sometimes we encounter what we are perceiving as um, maybe sliding back or maybe, you know, oh, I, I thought I'd move past acting like that or going off like that. Or I thought I, I thought I'd move past that and healed that already. Right. Right. Ryan just raised his hand. <laughs> and it's like, Yes, you did. And you created room for now another layer of that same piece, another perspective to that same piece to deepen in the healing, to come into mastery, but also the, the perceived sliding back. And I really want to stress this because this is probably the hardest part of the journey is staying on it. Mm. Love that. The pieces, when it feels like you're sliding back, it's just those grooves they're actually formed in our brains. Our thought patterns create real physical grooves in our brains that the way that we feel, the way that we emote, the way that we relate, it flows in that groove like a river and the water sometimes keeps finding it because it's used to it. Mm. But as we heal, we're building different grooves that are paved with gold, I want to say, but different grooves that are, you know, they're yeah. paved with the the more serving language um, with the removal of limiting beliefs, the removal of trauma. And that takes time. It took you your whole life up until this moment to create those little canyons in your brain, those grooves, those pathways. And so it does take repetitive action and time, but also a gentleness mm -hmm. to build in your whole new system. Mm -hmm. And it will come. It always comes. It will come. We just have to stay in practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I had to actually write that down because that was very profound. The hardest part of the of the journey is staying in it. And that is 1000% true. So thank you so much for sharing that because literally like when I think about, you know, my entire life, um, the hardest part has just been making sure that you don't give up 
right? When times get hard, when difficulty um, shows up, when adversity shows up, um, like staying the course is always the hardest part. Um, and, and something yeah. that, you know, when we talk about like the transition and kind of pulling, because it wasn't all bad, right? Like the the NFL, uh, it taught me a lot of things and it taught me around, uh, most importantly, around like resilience uh, and mm. the ability to kind of, again, be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and knowing how to, you know, not immediately jet set after things get difficult. Um, but kind of with that too, is always this thing around like just performance and thinking that everything has to be here, you know, at the top every time. Uh, so definitely learning to be a lot more gracious with myself along the way, uh, and understanding that again, it is, it's a marathon. Mm. Mm. Word to nip, that it is. Ryan, thank you so, 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 so much. Before I let you go from the show, I would love if you could share just a glimpse of what your personal self-care practice looks like or spiritual practice. What are some of the things you do just for yourself? Yeah, um, where do I start? Uh, and I will really <laughs> say that I need to always remind myself to consistently stay on that track, right? So I don't want people to think that just because, you know, I started this wellness company, everything is perfect. No, we all have our struggles, right? And so just want to add that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like, you know, people thought, you know, everything is great because you're an athlete. Not always a case, yeah. right? Now you're running this mental health company. Like I still deal with a bunch of stuff too, right? And so, but how I maintain myself, um, you know, definitely uh, physical exercise. That's what my whole life has been built on, right? So I still try to make sure I go to the gym regularly. I have my Peloton uh, in which I ride and try to get on at least four or five times throughout the week. So anything like physically related, uh, I, I definitely try to make sure that I work in uh, because my bones physically, I'm just getting older and the wear and tear that, you know, 24 years of football yeah. is taking on my body. I'm starting to feel a little bit, right? Um, so definitely making sure that I take care of myself physically, but then also, you know, I have a few meditation apps on my phone, uh, primarily Alchemy, which I'm using, <laughs> but, you know, some other like uh, apps that I've had before I started the company that I still kind of revert back to. Um, but yeah, meditation, mindfulness practices, uh, I'm really starting to uh, incorporate yoga a little bit more. Uh, my body has always been designed or in, in conditioned to do like the extreme workout, like squat this amount of weight, and, you know, bitch press this amount of weight. And as I mentioned, like, I don't necessarily need to do that anymore. Uh, I just need to feel yeah. good and also making sure that there's a strong mind and body connection still there. And so, uh, so far, um, yoga has been a really interesting way for me to to maintain that practice. And then the last piece, um, I try to spend as much time as I can outside. Like that just mm. gives me joy, you know, like sunny days, rolling the window down, you know, having some wind hit my face. Like that for me is a form of self-care where I could just kind of oh, decompress yes. a little bit, get away from the world, you know, not be dad, not be husband, not be CEO, just kind of just like, yeah. I'm here and I'm relaxing for a sec. Um, that above all, I think is most important for me right now. Ah, oh, so beautiful. So relate to that. Like if I, every chance I get, every time that I can, I'm like, let me feel sun on my skin. I need that it. That is how I feel my best. Mm -hmm. I need it 1000%. And particularly as I get older, um, 
you know, and I've been very fortunate to even and privileged to make the statement, but like cold weather is a choice sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I choose, even though I'm based in Chicago, um, you know, just still realizing that uh, it's not always sunny and warm here. So I need to kind of do the best for me to make sure that I'm, I'm feeling good mentally and physically. Yo, it's so funny, everyone, because as Ryan and I got on our, on our <laughs> Zoom yeah. system today, um, the first thing we were talking about is I was like, oh, how's it going? And he was like, you know, it's good. It's it's actually 50 degrees in Chicago. So, like, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling thankful. It. Yeah. It, and it's sunny out. Like, sign me up every day of the week. Give me some sunshine and I'll be good to go. And then my response was like. Interesting, because today in Los Angeles, it's 50 degrees, and I almost kept my son home from school because I thought it was too cold to be outside. (laughs) Perception is relative. I know, right? Like (laughs) Whatever works for you, you know you got to go for it. Same thing with Nicole. Whatever you need, get what you need. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. I highly, highly recommend that everyone check out the amazing work that Ryan Mundy is doing and please check out Alchemy. They are on Instagram. You can get the app on your phone. They have already raised $4.6 million to bring mental health resources to the black community. There are videos there that, that you can learn from. There are meditations you can be guided in. And there is a way to connect you to someone that can help serve your needs in this moment in your area on the app. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Debbie. Really excited about uh, the opportunity that we have ahead. And thank you so much for the work that you do as well. Grateful. Ah, big thank you to Ryan Mundy for joining the show and a huge thank you for answering your life's call, your mission work, and bringing such powerful, powerful tools and work into the world, into fruition. Highly recommend that you connect with Ryan. You can join his Instagram at Ryan Mundy, or you can check out Alchemy. Go to the Instagram at Alchemy, and please go to alchemyhealth.com for more info. And the app will be available, depending on when you hear this episode, at the top of January 2022. So for us right now, that is just a few weeks away. Highly recommend. All right, everyone, big love. Catch me next week. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.